state of mankind. How much do you know? Excerpts from How the Specter of Communism is Ruling Our World 113. One of the objectives of communism is to overthrow capitalism. Environmentalism treats capitalism as the natural enemy of the environment, so it shares a common foe with communism. When communism suffered setbacks in the workers' movements in developed Western countries, it shifted gears and hijacked the environmentalist cause. Normal activism for environmental protection morphed into activism aimed at vanquishing capitalism. Communist doctrine originally described a utopia, a heaven on earth, in order to incite poor people to revolt and overthrow the existing social system. Under the cover of environmentalism, communism adopted a similar approach, but the vision it described is the exact opposite, in place of the wonderful workers' utopia is instead a frightening dystopia, a vision of a hell on earth. According to this scenario, in a hundred years' time, humanity's very survival will be at risk due to global warming, landslides, tsunamis, droughts, floods, and heat waves. The target recruits of this movement are not the poor, but rather the wealthy, who are expected to abandon their current lifestyles. But government intervention is required to force people to give up their lives of comfort and convenience. One government is obviously not enough, so an empowered United Nations, or some other global government is in order. If the movement is unable to take off, the vision of an imminent ecological crisis could be played up further, whipping up the panic and fear necessary to influence the public and governments to accept the forceful implementation of environmental policies, and in so doing, achieve the goal of destroying capitalism and imposing communism. By the original doctrines of communism, after acquiring power, the first step is to strip the affluent of their wealth with the supposed purpose of redistributing it to the poor. In reality, the poor remain poor while all the wealth ends up in hands of the corrupt officialdom. The second step entails the establishment of a state-controlled economy and the abolition of private property. This destroys the national economy and reduces everyone to a life of hardship. Let's look at the objectives of environmentalism. First, it calls for wealthy countries to give aid to poorer countries, that is, to redistribute wealth on a global scale. In reality, poor countries remain poor as the money that was intended for their development usually ends up in the hands of the corrupt officials of those countries. Second, environmentalism advocates expanding government and replacing market mechanisms with command economics, using all sorts of draconian environmental policies to obstruct the normal functioning of capitalism, forcing businesses to close down or relocate overseas, thus tanking the country's economy. Through these market-focused methods, the environmentalist movement seeks to cripple capitalism. In this sense, environmentalism shares a distinct similarity with the doctrines of classical communism. To put it plainly, environmentalism is but communism by another name and would wreak havoc in the world. The focus of environmentalism is to spread the fear of future disaster, and to hold the public and governments hostage to this fear. But among those who actively promote this doomsday panic, many live luxurious lifestyles, using lots of energy and leaving a big carbon footprint. Clearly they don't think disaster is imminent. In order to make use of a crisis mentality, especially using the common enemy of global warming to unite different forces to oppose capitalism, it has become imperative for environmentalists to emphasize and exaggerate the nature of the alleged crisis. The simplest way is to create a huge, mass fear of using the cheapest sources of energy, that is, fossil fuels, coal, oil, natural gas, and also nuclear energy. Environmentalists succeeded in making people fearful of nuclear energy decades ago, and now, 
they are trying to make people afraid of using fossil fuels by claiming that fossil fuels lead to catastrophic global warming. Draconian environmental regulations have become important tools of combating capitalism, especially capitalist economies, and have become known as job killers. Green stimulus programs, clean energy programs, new power plant regulations, stricter vehicle regulations, the Paris Agreement, and so on, all are promoted under the name of preventing global warming. However, in reality, climate science hasn't concluded that global warming is caused by human activity, or that global warming will definitely lead to disaster. If natural causes are behind climate change, then all these government policies only serve to impede economic development while bringing no benefit to humanity. Under the influence of environmentalism, people blindly raise the bars of emission standards for cars and ban various substances and chemicals without any scientific basis. This naturally means higher manufacturing costs and less profit, followed by greater unemployment and outsourcing industry to developing countries where costs are lower. Even the supporters of environmental protection have to admit that increasing the fuel efficiency of all cars to 54.5 miles per gallon by 2025 would, at most, cut the magnitude of global warming by 0.02 degrees Celsius by the year 2100. This would do virtually nothing to help reduce global warming. Various restrictions of dubious effectiveness have cost millions of workers their jobs and dealt a heavy blow to the manufacturing industries, research faculties, innovative energy, and international competitiveness in Western countries. Industries that stem from the needs of environmental protection are basically driven by government subsidies and do not follow market demand. To bring products into mass production before making real research breakthroughs is very impractical. These green companies can barely stay in business let alone stimulate the job market. With globalization, many companies move abroad, causing losses for their countries of origin. Proponents of environmental protection enthusiastically promote green energy and jump-started solar energy and wind power generation. Unfortunately the pollution that comes with the generation of green energy is either underestimated or simply hidden from view. In the process of producing solar panels, the deadly poison silicon tetrachloride is created as a byproduct. A report by the Washington Post quotes Ren Binyan, a professor at the School of Material Sciences at Hebei Industrial University, the land where you dump or bury it will be infertile. No grass or trees will grow in the place, it is like dynamite, it is poisonous, it is polluting. Human beings can never touch it. The production of solar panels consumes enormous amount of conventional energy, including coal and petroleum. It's fair to say that green energy in such cases leaves the earth not green but polluted. According to the Paris Agreement, by 2025, the developed countries have to provide 100 billion US dollars each year to help the developing countries improve their energy structure and industrial technology. The United States alone has to come up with 75% of the funding among the 100 plus signatory countries. At the same time, by the year 2025, the United States is required to cut its greenhouse gas emissions to between 26 and 28% less than the 2005 levels. This means that every year, the United States should cut 1.6 billion tons of emissions. As for China, the country that has surpassed the United States to become the world's biggest polluter, the Paris Agreement allows it to reach a peak in carbon dioxide emissions by 2030. In a statement on the Paris Climate Accord, President Trump said, Compliance with the terms of the Paris Accord and the onerous energy restrictions it has placed on the United States could cost America as much as 2.7 million lost jobs by 2025 according to the National Economic Research Associates. According to this same study, 
By the year 2040, compliance with the commitments put into place by the previous administration would cut production for the following sectors, paper down 12%, cement down 23%, iron and steel down 38%, coal, down 86%, natural gas down 31%. The cost to the economy at this time would be close to $3 trillion in lost GDP and 6.5 million industrial jobs while households would have $7,000 less income, and in many cases, much worse than that. With the rise of the environmentalist movement, communist countries caught a break in their struggle against the West. Unreasonable regulations and agreements choke industries, economies, and technology in the Western capitalist countries. This hampered America in its roles as world police and the bastion of the West in the fight against communism. We do not deny that the environment needs protection. However the goal of environmental protection should serve mankind, the highest form of life. The need to protect the environment should be balanced with the needs of mankind. Environmental protection for its own sake is excessive and makes a sacrifice of humanity, while being co-opted by communism. Today's environmentalism doesn't care about balance and has become an extremist ideology. Doubtless, many environmentalists harbor good intentions. But in their quest to mobilize and concentrate the resources of the state for the sake of their cause, they are aligning themselves with communism. From Chapter 16, The Communism Behind Environmentalism